And after me gloating about the Denver Nuggets in our last episode, allow me to bring the good feelings to a screeching halt. I'm the mouth of the South. And the opinions that are about to be expressed are not yours, and they should be, and let me explain why. I got Beast here, he'll fill in, he'll give opinion here and there, but oh my god. Because if you thought when I yelled at Yankee fans and the Yankee organization that I was tough, oh, I haven't had a thing to yell about with the Mets in a long, long, Yanks, long at least during the wild card, time. had a winning record despite everything that's happened. Yup, yep, and now I'm gonna turn the focus where it needs to be turned to. Yes. Oh, Mets fans. No, not the Mets, not the Mets organization. Yeah, Billy Eppler, you too. But um, we'll get to you in a moment because we have to face a bigger problem. Yeah, like being fourth in the National League East. Bigger than that. Four games under 500 on top of that. Bigger than that. Buck Showalter is actually really not controlling the lineup he's putting out there. It's actually not him that's making these decisions. It's analytics that have been doing this. It's Billy Epler that's been pulling the strings. Mr. Cashman's understudy. We need... Well, you know what? If we're going to bring that up first, let's bring that up first. Do you know what Brian Cashman is? Brian Cashman is stage four cancer. Billy Epler right now is a colon polyp. It's time for the Mets to go get a colonoscopy and have that polyp removed before it turns into full-blown cancer. And notice the big difference when Sandy Alderson walks away from pretty much being the general manager, even though Billy Epler was in name, from being involved in personnel. Look at the difference on this team. That's first. But that's the least of the problem. The problem I have is with my fellow Met fans. Hmm. Oh, how the tides turn. Oh, how the winds change. And oh, how the complaints change with the winds and the times. Because you know what's funny? Everything has gone in full circle, Beast. You have Yankee fans complaining about why and the salary cap and... They had they spent their money on the wrong contracts and now they're stuck for years and years. And the Met fan is like, why can't we play the homegrown kids from the farm system? Yeah. And why are we getting all these big price free agents? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe this. This and then and, and then and I heard it. And down. then I heard it. And then I heard the one statement that made me flip. Mm-hmm. That this is worse than the Wilpons? You must be joking. You must be swallowing pills. You must have very goldfish type memories. As I remember multiple times 
with superstars better than we have now, like Jose Reyes and David Wright, where if we could have signed one or two big free agents that they could have had a dynasty World Series contender. They didn't. Because, you know, Bernie Madoff and the checkbook and the Will Ponds and all yeah. of this and all we ever complained about as Met fans is that owners don't care. Okay. Now you get an owner that's a lifelong Met fan mm-hmm. that wants to spend money. Maybe he's not doing as good of a job of it in his first couple of years. I mean, you know, he just got into owning a baseball team yeah. and it's the baseball team that he grew up loving. So, and he's letting the people make their decisions. He He's letting the guys, you know, okay, hire a winning guy. Uh, make sure we sign this guy. I, if he's so good, bring him in. Cohen's management style is this. He will let you do your job until he wants you to do it no longer. He's not going to go into the press and say, oh, they have to do this or do this or do this, and then they can keep their job. No, no, no. That's not the way he works. You don't do your job. Eventually, you're getting kicked out, and that's how Cohen is. I've always wanted an owner like that. Now we have fans complaining about Uncle Stevie and his purse saying that we're, we're we're giving his purse away. But he he has more money than any owner in baseball. He's one of the richest owners in all of sports. So, and, here you, and here you have this coming out. Steve Cohen and everybody is, is, is complaining. Blow the team up. The, the, the kids need to play. The oh, veterans oh. are not doing their job. And now Pete Alonso's injured now. He's on the IL to make matters worse. Yeah, but... It, Lindor it, I, is I, hitting 217 on the year. Okay, have you seen how bad Lindor's hitting right now? Yeah, Lindor is crap. But, you know, I never supported that signing in the friggin' first place. Um, the fact of the matter is this. Cohen has said it point blank. He said this... Epler didn't go get Judge because he let Cashman go get him because of the respect from Brian Cashman. The fact that Aaron Judge is not a Met is the reason why Billy Epler should be fired. My opinion. Aaron Judge should be a Met. By all accounts, he was supposed to be a Met. He deleted all the Yankee stuff off Twitter, but not his New York stuff. He was waiting for an offer that never freaking came. But Steve Cohen is even saying why he's not ready to fire anyone even despite the skid the Mets are in right now. He's not going to fire anyone now. At the end of the no. season, it's all going Everybody's to hell. telling him, do it now. We can't wait anymore. Mets fans are getting impatient. You know how the Mets fan base is? No, no, no. I don't know anymore. Don't? I don't know anymore. Because the Mets fan base has changed so drastically in their expectations and what they think they deserve. Look just like, well, because you Verlander, have a rich owner, get, hold a, on, hold on. Just because okay. you have a rich owner does not make you entitled to expect world championships every single year. You, we haven't gotten there yet, guys. Seven line army, we haven't gotten there yet. And now that the Met fan is starting to wake up to the realization that money and money and money doesn't necessarily buy championships. If you want proof, look over at the New York Knicks and Madison Square Garden and all the money James Dolan has spent to lose. Money doesn't solve or fix everything. Good management does, and they had that for the first couple of years when they were actually, you know, contending in Sandy Alderson. And now you have an analytics computer in Billy Epler. 
who is controlling what Buck Showalter does. He's controlling the moves of a Buck Showalter. That is if that's the case, Buck Showalter should be fired immediately. But Epler won't do it because that's Epler's little slave. He so if Buck show, he let it slip on Brandon Tierney's show the other night with Buck. He let that slip. That I'm not making the lineup. That's not me. That's making the lineup. Buck didn't let that slip. He let it out. Let slip. Analytic nerds decide Mets lineup, not himself. He let it slip. Buck Showalter. Wow. So he's Buck trying to the word he's trying to put the knife in the back of Epler before Epler could put the knife in his. So we've got backbiting management. We've got management and coach backbiting each other. This is great. This is great. This is exactly like the 80s Yankees. This is the one thing I was sort of afraid of. But even so, I prefer this to an owner that didn't care. To an owner that didn't give a damn. Have you noticed why he keeps putting uh why is uh what's his name? Why is Mr. Vogel back still in the Met lineup when he's not hitting? Hmm? Why are all the Met veterans still in the lineup when you've called up kids like Vientos? Francisco Alvarez is clearly getting the better side of the pitchers, including Max Scherzer, saying, I prefer to pitch to the kid than to have some other backup catcher be behind the plate instead of him. And you've clearly seen Alvarez carries this team over the last little while. You've clearly seen it with his bat. It's there. And yet we're going to the kid. We're not even going to the kids. They could carry this team. They could bring some youth on this team. They could maybe bring a little excitement to this Met team. No, you're right. You're right. We can analyze the Mets, and you're absolutely right about that. And I'm, but, but the problem I'm trying to get to is a little deeper seated here. Mm-hmm. The problem is the fact that the Met fan has now turned into the Yankee fan. We've turned into what we hate. I'm not saying appreciate what you got right now. What you got is a heaping, steeping pile of poo. But um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's worse to have Cohen as your owner than it was to have Fred and Jeff Wilpon. These are the two men that labored and made Doubleday pay for the best player you've ever had in your franchise, Mike Piazza. Doubleday had to say, I'll fit the bill. You want to go back to those days? You want to go back to the days where Jose Reyes left the Mets because you wouldn't pay him? Didn't help that he got hurt so many times either. He got hurt a lot. He was always injured. But still, that's somebody that you grew. And then whenever he was on the field, he was gangbusters. He was lights out. You didn't sign that guy. You let him go. You let players from your farm system leave and go other places and be successful. That's what the Wilpons did. They home grew players for other teams while the Mets stunk. You ruined how many years. You ruined about how many Met player careers, if you think about it. Look what you did to David Wright's career. Look Joe McEwing. Joe McEwing. Remember him? Robin Remember him? Turner. Yeah. Re- Thank God Turner went to the Dodgers when he did because his career would have been over in two years if he had stayed a Met. Justin Turner revitalized his career by becoming a Dodger and became one of the best players in baseball, but you wouldn't pay him. And he's still hitting pretty good with the Red Sox now, even as well. Daniel Murphy wouldn't pay him. He should still be on this team right now. 
Mm-hmm. And I honestly think his career would have had a better course if he'd have stayed a Met. Should I don't like how been. Jeff McNeil, I don't think, would work on any other team but the Mets. Maybe Michael like, Conforto could have had a good Met career if you didn't let him go either, right? Hmm? Maybe sure. Wilmer Flores could have had a good career. Nah, nah, nah. He, what did we get back in return for him, though? Yeah, I mean, you didn't get a ton of, you know, you didn't get as much as a, a, a big return maybe as you would have liked. Well, you got Edwin Diaz in the Cano trade. That did something. Eh. Okay. Yeah, Wilmer Flores went there, did he not? No, no, no. Wilmer Flores is on the Giants. Uh, I'm just going back to like. Yeah, but okay. You didn't get, so... Yeah, you didn't get anything to. You didn't get anything very special for him. No, but the point. But, but look, Wilmer Flores. And by and by, by, by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, did you and how the Wilpons and the management at that point in time handled that entire situation with Wilmer Flores? We found out he was being traded in the middle of the game. Cried. Was crying was crying on the field and then they kept them and then he was one of the driving forces that helped them get to the playoffs in 2015 mm-hmm. look what happened to Syndergaard what happened to the Dark Knight Syndergaard's a shadow of what he used to be as a Met the Wilpons ran their players into the ground brought them back too early from injuries they would rush back David Wright and Jose Reyes so early when they used to get minor injuries. They would rush them back and rush them back and rush them back. What happened to Johan? They think with Matt Harvey, rush them back. Johan, rush them back, rush them back, rush them back before they were ready. And you hurt them worse and hurt them further. And yeah, that, that no hitter was great. The first no hitter, nine innings pitched by a starter in Met history. That was wonderful. Amazing. Yeah, Johan ever the same pitcher after that. It wasn't freaking worth it, especially considering the fact that Johan Santana was often injured and just got off a year-long freaking stint. You could have put in somebody to finish that game. For, and I know that's completely against the way I usually think, but that's an older that was an older pitcher. Just look at last night. Kyle Hendricks had a no-hitter going through eight innings. Gave the hit, and that was it. He went eight. He didn't finish the game. He could have, but he didn't finish the game. You know, just goes to show you sometimes Zach Wheeler being in Philadelphia. That that's and that's the last and that for me is the last and final straw for the Will Pond era. How about also uh you know JD Davis is actually hitting pretty well with the Giants now ever since he left the Mets. He's hitting almost three hundred now. Yeah. Letting him play every day makes a big difference. Yeah, also, well, his defense was trash though. I couldn't have his D on this uh Met team maybe, that doesn't play defense. Is it maybe because he didn't play consistently enough? Maybe that's why his defense wasn't good. I mean, Murphy. Well, you should have let Jeff McNeil be third base <laughs> his, the, for, for the entire tenure as a match. Jeff, he put McNeil in left. They put him in, in infield. They put him back in. They, out, did, in they do everything, but they refused to put him in his actual natural effing position. And now he can't even play his natural position anymore. He's played every other damn position. And I think that's affected him at the plate as well. Because he's not hitting like Jeff McNeil. At least McNeil that I know, he's not hitting like him. Not even close. And this none last of the stretch of games has been terrible. And none of the Mets have been hitting to the potential they should be. Even though Alonzo's leading the league in home runs, and he's hurt right now, Alonzo's barely hitting 220. But that's what they do. The Mets are a power team. They, they, they're all or nothing with the home What happened runs. to this Mets team that 
got two out rallies going. You know, they sprayed the ball around. They they they, they stole bases, played small ball a little bit. Sandy Alderson stopped making personnel and, and coaching decisions. And that responsibility went to Billy Epler. Like I said, Brian Cashman is stage four cancer. We do not need stage four cancer in Queens. In Queens, what we want to do is remove the cancer before it becomes a problem. Um, radiation. Billy Epler needs to undergo chemotherapy. The Mets need to undergo chemotherapy to get rid of Billy Epler. That need, he needs to go. Him and Cashman could ride the same bus to the unemployment office. Oh, and we're going to bring on Mike McCann again because it's getting close to the middle of the season. I can't wait till about a month from now where we see where these Mets are. Billy Epler had this to say a few days ago, by the way, following the Mets' recent struggles. Says pers- you know, basically, he's in support of the coaching staff. Personnel to get this right. Or in the words of Billy Epler, a couple days. What ago. to get? What to get your computer? What? What are they trying to fix your computer, Epler? A, uh, we have an experienced coaching staff, and we have confidence in them. In the words yeah, yeah. What? What's your coaching staff? IBM, IBM, and Lenovo. Yeah. There's the coaching staff. IBM head coach. Lenovo is the assistant coach. Apple is the third base coach. Here, I'll read the I'll read the entire statement here from Billy. I quote Intel, Intel is the first base coach. That isn't an acknowledgement that everything is fine. It's an acknowledgement that we have the personnel to get this right. There are things that are not going right that we need to address offensively at times, defensively at times, base running at times, pitching at times. But making changes for the sake of making changes isn't going to deliver us our desired outcome. Really? It's not for the sake of make making changes. It's obviously this isn't working. Can we try something else? But that's been the biggest critique of Buck Showalter. And you know what the same thing that he does compared to Cashman? Because he's followed the same path, basically, as we say. Cashman has never dismissed a coach or a manager during the season. Epler has not done it either. So Epler has completely followed the Cashman way, the Cashman tree, if we will. Oh God! No! 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 He's another seedling off the cash. No! 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 As a baseball operation, both on field and off the field personnel, our job is to help get our guys back to the best version of themselves, and ideally to optimize. Damn it! 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 He's overloading. He's getting mad. Hit the music. You stupid. I'm so sick of this. I am so sick of Met fans. I am so sick of this general manager. I want, and yes, I know. Wait, you you were yelling about this guy like you yelled about Cashman. I'm a Met fan, so yes, this is more immediately pressing to me. I don't care. I want the team fixed. We have the right owner. We could put the right people. He could pay anybody he needs to pay. And he actually gives a damn. Unlike our previous owners, who at one point when they had Mike Piazza thought they had a shot at a World Series title, gave up at 2002. After Art Howe literally wasted away that Met team that Bobby Valentine took almost took to the freaking promised land in the year 2000. 
And then, oh yeah, fire the coach that was the coach of the Mets when uh, Mike Piazza hit that home run on September 11th. Uh, yeah, let's fire that guy. Let's fire the coach that was the head coach of the Mets. Then let's, in 2002, put it in Art Howe and watch the Mets completely go to crap. That's that's the Wilpons. Is that yeah. what you really want again? Yeah. Well, Is that I- what you Met fans are calling out for? Well, Is that what my fellow Met fans are calling out for? And then Epler just keeps going. And Epler just keeps going with this to the noise that comes with big expectations and large payroll playing to such a poor level. Epler said, "We have high standards and high expectations for ourselves, and we carry that as our own obligation and our own duty day to day. We want to win baseball games for our fans and our supporters. We want to do it for the city. We want to do it for our owner. We want to do it for each other. That's our goal. We take that yeah. as an obligation. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a team obligation, which they, which you are failing, which you are failing at, Epler." But the Met fans are failing too. The Met fan has turned into the Yankee fan. They have unrealistic expectations of a team that hasn't won a World Series since 1986. For whatever reason, whether they spent money or they haven't spent money, this has been the thing with the Mets. I'm sorry, it's happened multiple times. Remember, they double day, they spent money. Never was just a world punt, they didn't. Al Cohen's here and they're spending money money again. They spent money with Cohen. So it's not just the money. The thing that I love about Cohen is that he cares. The Wilpons did not care. They just looked at the Mets as a revenue stream, a property-owning revenue stream, along with the rest of their slumlord apartment buildings. He took a gamble on two aging veteran pitchers. And look, I know, Scherzer Verlander, of course I would want to go out there and get him. Of course, I would take a chance on them, of course. But maybe not for the money that I threw at them originally to do. This pitch, and of course, when the Mets finally get the veteran pitchers, and and look, you know what? You can't. It, it, it's six of one half a dozen of the other. Jacob Degrom. Now he's out for the year. Out for the year. So we can't say who was right or who was wrong there. Basically, imagine he was, was a Met when this happened. You imagine? Was, he was do you know what this was? The the choice between Justin Verlander and uh, Jacob Degrom. Did you ever read those Choose Your Own Adventure books as a kid? Vaguely. Remember nice. how every time you died, it was you, you always turned to page twenty-three. The choice between um, Verlander and uh, Jacob Degrom was basically turned to page twenty-three. Then you fall into the lava pit or got eaten by the dragon or whatever the hell else stupid choose your own adventure plot was. But that's what it was. So you can't necessarily fault them on that. What you really got a problem with is the pitch clock. The pitch clock has screwed up this entire starting staff. And I found this piece, and I, I found it also online thanks to, you know, and it's really actually alarming. It's not just only the Met pitchers. Some other ace pitchers that over the past few years have had very dominant success in the league. And to suddenly see what has happened to their numbers following analytics, it's it's actually, uh, it's really in a way quite frightening. Actually, when I when I, I was, I thought I was just. Reading Isn't it making? Like and also, I have a question. Is yeah, it making it is. the games longer? No. Well, let's look at ver- these. All right, so these are the new pitch lists from Sports Key to Baseball, who tweeted this. They put five pitchers, all ace pitchers on a particular team, and their ERAs and how much they ballooned, pre, and currently in the era of the pitch clock. Verlander, last year had a 1.75 ERA. 
ERA this year, 4.85 with the pitch clock. Julio Rios, 2.16 ERA, free clock. Doubled that this year, 4.39. Cease, Dylan Cease, 2.20 ERA last year. Doubled that this year with the pitch clock. Alec Manoa, his ERA is ballooned to triple what it was at 2.24. Now he's over 6.3 ERA. Sandy Alcantara, 2.28 ERA. Again, more than doubled this year. So you have to wonder, is it just, I mean, a pitch clock you thought was not going to make this big of a difference. I mean, Verlander, you know, Verlander was coming back from being injured. Let's be fair with that, too. So has Verlander looked any bit like the the guy that should be blowing, that was blowing 100 miles an hour? And, hey, Adam. Uh, hey, Adam. Adam Giordino. Remember uh, when you came on the show and you said the pitch clock wasn't going to do a damn thing? Well, and that I everything would be wasn't fine. Make a big difference. I figured it was not going to make a difference. I did too, because I believed our friend. Okay, I didn't I know he was going to lead us. I didn't even know he was going to lead us on a road to ruin. I thought pitchers were going to just make the adjustment. Okay, okay, you know what? You can't do some of these pre little things you do before you throw a pitch. Okay, just make a change, and that's it. Really, when your routine, think about it. You've been playing baseball. Imagine this. You're playing baseball from Little League. You're like eight years old. Yes. From the age of eight to the age of how old is Justin Verlander? Verlander's uh, 40 now. Yeah. You've literally 39, 40. So you literally spent 31 years developing a routine and a way that you pitch and what you do before you pitch, the habits that you have. And then all of a sudden, you have to change that at age 40? But this is why I kept on saying, why are we signing the the Detroit Tigers starting staff from 2005? (laughs) Notice how I wasn't, how I was not necessarily happy with the Verlander signing, nor was I happy with the Scherzer signing. I mean, yes, granted, I liked the fact that they replaced DeGrom with the best pitcher they could get, but Carrasco, not working out. Tyler McGill has been screwed by this pitch clock. Um, Kodai Senga, he's, I think he's been the only one that's actually carried this team as of, as far as pitching decent, even though he walks a lot of batters. Get Joey Lucchese up here as quickly as possible. See if he likes the pitch clock. I don't think clock. Lucchese can even save this team. This whole Met team is incomplete. Not only that, Lucchese can't save us from Fugazi, okay? I understand that. Have you also maybe even wondered, maybe losing Edwin Diaz did a lot more damage to this team than I think people realize. Oh, my freaking God, we can't win the game. Oh, my freaking God, where is Diaz? Thank you, World Baseball Classic. I hate you. Sometimes, you know, you have it's a tough decision. I'm not going to lie, but you have to think sometimes in the long term. And did that stop Judge from getting hurt? He still got hurt anyway. Well, because the Dodgers, uh, you know, didn't fix their fence. I mean, and then they had to fix the fence after Judge got hurt. But that was another, but there was an, he had another injury stint this year as well. Yeah, but it was, that was a very minor thing for the minimum 10 days. And then he came back and played better than ever. But this toe injury could have been prevented if the Dodgers had just reinforced that bullpen wall and he didn't crash right through it when making a big catch. But that's the point I'm trying to make. Edwin Diaz hurt himself, not while pitching, while jumping up and down and celebrating a win. 
like he could have got that means he could have gotten hurt walking down the steps. That means he was hurt before then. Okay? That means he had an injury that he didn't know about until that happened. Okay? That's what that means. Generally. You know what? We're gonna get Dr. Kate on eventually to talk about all of this. Oh, we got a lot of stuff to go through with oh, her. Yankee it's been a while. Have just been uh, out of control. It, it's alarming, even how these injuries keep happening. Let's round this all out, Beast. I know you're gonna have fun editing this one. Um, so let's get back to where we started. Met fans, you don't have any right to expect anything yet. We've been through periods of feast we've been through periods of famine and when i say feast or famine i don't mean wins and losses i mean money spent and money not spent because remember the Wilpons were not the only owners of this team for a long time the double days owned it with the Wilpons, and guess who forked over most of the money for the big signings up until uh the mid 90s that would be nelson doubleday you know doubleday the family of the person that invented the game of baseball that that double day. Mm-hmm. So um, let, let, let's just let's just temper our expectations here. I was happy when Steve Cohen got the ownership gig with the Mets because I knew I was going to have somebody that cared about baseball and baseball operations. Do you know what I didn't expect? I didn't expect Met fans to go from being jubilant to completely ungrateful in the matter of two and a half years. From understanding where we came from to sounding like a bunch of whining, crying children. We've changed, Met fans. You're starting to sound like Yankee fans. And as I said, At the end of the interview with Mike McCann. And whoever is first shall later be last for the times they are changing. It's so funny how we've gone full circle in this city. Yankee fans are talking like Met fans. Met fans are talking like Yankee fans. We're having Yankee fan problems, Met fans. Remember how we always used to say, I want to have Yankee fan problems. I wish I had Yankee fan problems. Both our teams are having an identity crisis is what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But um, the funny part of it is, right? Remember when Met fans used to say all the time, oh, I wish I had Yankee fan problems. And now you do. And you're complaining about them even worse. So either you really are a bunch of bandwagoners mm-hmm. or perhaps you're not as equipped to have an owner that cares as you thought you were a couple of years back. I think we need to do some soul searching Met fans because at least this lot is trying. And I know they're trying because their owner grew up loving the team. So I know they're trying. You wished to go back. And I've heard so many fans say this. You wish to go back to the Wilpon days. Unappreciative fools. 
That's all I got to say about that. That's you have played 66 games now out of 162. So just under 100 games to go in the regular season right now, I mean. I'd like to see where this Met team is come trade deadline. All you have to do is win 65 out of your next 100 games and you're in the postseason. That's all you have to do. Let's get on that roll. They can. They can. And that's not even asking them to be on a roll. That's asking them to win series. Yeah. But can they win series the way they've been playing? No. So do the Mets have to start selling come trade deadline? I think if they don't start selling, they won't start winning. Because here's the thing. You now need pitchers that are used to this pitch clock. Any team that wants to have a chance, look at the Pirates. Look at how well they've been playing. Look at how well the Orioles have been playing. Rays. Oh, the Rays are the best team Even in baseball. The Diamondbacks are playing you know why? well. Do you know why? Because their players are used to these rules. And you're starting to see those minor leaguers now that are coming from the pitch clock era crossing over into the game now. So what we had was a uh, not a lack of care, but a complete miscalculation on both the Mets and the Yankees parts. This, by the way, uh, Garrett Cole is actually doing a little better with the pitch clock. I will okay. say that. He's adjusted. He's but adjusted. the rest of the but the rest of the Yankees starting. <laughs> Herman's done. Uh, Domingo Herman has done well. Domingo, well, Domingo Herman has been used to the pitch clock. Nestor has regressed. Now he's hurt again, by the way. He has well, he's not... hurt. That's the difference. He regressed because yeah. he was hurt. But Nestor Cortez used to Mark the pitch Schmitt's clock. Mark Schmidt's been okay if the Yankees score for him. That'd be great. You know? Yeah, and... Um... Yeah, Severino has not been that good. Uh, you know, you bring up some of these kids from the minors that the Yanks have and... You know, maybe it's one and done appearance, and then and you're showing that Brian Cashman really never built you a farm system. Well, look, I think one of the final lessons we take away from this: Brian Cashman is a crap general manager, and I don't want his seedling in the office in Queens. The Met fan needs to get a little more realistic and get a little real with themselves. The World Baseball Classic is something that we're going to argue about until the end of time. And yes, it is the World Base. It is not the World Baseball Classic's fault that Edwin Diaz got injured. He didn't get injured playing in the World Baseball Classic. He got injured jumping off of a mound, which he could have done as a Met on his first game and uh, had the same thing happen to him then. He disagrees with me, but that's fine. We can have disagreements. Disagreements are natural. He's just wrong, and I'm right. He didn't Um, have to jump at all. He didn't have to jump and celebrate at all. Yes, he could have just walked. He just walked off the mound. It wasn't the World Baseball Classic's fault. Edward Diaz decided to leap for joy, not not the World Baseball Classic. Rob Manford didn't have a controller. He didn't press A for Edward Diaz to jump. So there's that. Well, but. Anyways. At the end of it all, the one thing I want to say at the start of this was, Met fans, you're a bunch of unappreciative fools. You're a third of the way through the year, and you want to blow everything up. I know Lindor has been playing like crap. I know you don't want him on the team. Guess what? He's just stuck with him. Yeah. 10-year deal. That's what it will you're be. You're stuck. Years. And that's why no one else signed him for 10 years. Ever wonder why no one else really went for him like that? And then that deal prevented you from signing Aaron Judge, who should be a Met right now. He's not. 
and he's not because you have a $300 million albatross around your neck. And while Cohen is willing to spend money and be the richest owner in baseball, he does not want multi-year deals. He wants to pay a lot of money for people to stay a shorter amount of time. That seems to be the way that Cohen likes to operate. That's what I'm seeing over these last few years, except for one or two contracts. That's why he spent it on Verlander and Scherzer, some of that small money. You have a little money right there. It's called it's called win now, and he's building a farm system behind the winning the winning team. That's why he's using free agency to get players. This win now mentality has to start kicking in now. But here's the thing: I think we are starting to see why Buck Showalter never hung around too long. Well, that's always been Buck Showalter's mo. Yeah, he'll take a, a bad team and make him a playoff team when he first comes in, maybe first couple of years. And then eventually the team gets tired of him. They start losing. Fan base gets tired of him. But here's the thing. This is New York. We're, we, New York didn't get tired of Buck. We wanted Buck. We didn't want him fired in 95. But the organization did. And now we are starting to see why. Little slip-ups like Billy Epler doesn't let me write my own lineups. <laughs> That's a big problem. And that, that'll get you fired. Problem. That'll get you fired. Admitting that will get you fired. Snitches get stitches. You ever heard that term? Yes. Yeah, Walter just snitched. Yeah, snitches get stitches. Of course. Of course. Show Walter just snitched. Don't think Steve. Who has the power? Who has the power to fire? Not Show Walter. Epler does. Who is the one that's bl- that runs the analytics? Epler does. So if you're you're saying analytics are making the lineups and analytics are why you're losing, guess who you're blaming? Your boss. And guess what your boss can do to you? Get rid of you. That's right. And by the way, it's not like you could go sue the labor union. You're a coach. You're management. You're just finished. You're gone. HR will give you a tote bag as a going away present. Oh, boy. Well, strap in, Met fans. Could be a long, difficult 96 more games ahead of you for the regular Strap in baseball fans because this season's been weird. Definitely we'll talk about that next week because yeah, this baseball season's been completely weird. The return of the MLB Top 10 next week. We yeah. want you to make sure that you listen to the NBA Finals episode that we have coming out as well as this MLB Digital Market Battles special. Um, Both DMBs this week. Digital Market Battles, the only marketing agency that'll fill your company's pipeline with high-value leads. They'll meet your conversion goals no matter what. www.digitalmarketbattles.com. Get your discovery call done today, Beast. Where can they hear us? I need three different platforms. We're on Spotify, Spotify for Podcasters, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Forlorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Vertical, Caster, Battlefield, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Podvine, Podacy, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, and TuneIn. Episodes ran to digital market battle specials every week. We are downtown sports. We are where sports come home. And I just want to say I do apologize for the lateness of the episodes. I personally am going through a bunch of personal stuff. But no matter what, every week you will get downtown sports content sent to you. It's been three years, two months of every single week. We are where sports come home and I have no qualms saying in my opinion the best sports podcast in the world today
We're the head of the table. Acknowledge us. Jonathan Periente. Beast of the East, Mac of the South. John Shadoni. Goodbye. We're out. Thank you for listening.